We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Next all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Next Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. All right, here we go. Salute to Knicks Nation, special edition of Knicks Fan TV. CP here on the check-in. We are one day away from kicking off the second half of the season, so it's time for another edition of Knicks Fans of the Roundtable. Joining me tonight, returning to Knicks Fan TV, it's been a while, Alex Wolf from the Strickland and Locked on Knicks. Alex, how you doing, man? Welcome back, bro. I am great, man. I'm happy to be back here. You know, it's been so long since we were since I was last on here. I was like the the part time Sunday co host for a while. It's been a minute, you know, man. It like, it's been a minute. So yeah, that it's definitely been a while. had to bring so, you back. Very happy to be back. Very happy to be back with Knicks Fan TV and with you know the coolest YouTube channel on the planet. Yeah, absolutely, man. And then we got special guests in the building from SNY. He goes by Ian Begley during the day. At nighttime, he's Ian from Rockland County. Ian, what's going on, man? Well, welcome back, man. What's going on? CP, what's up, bro? How are you? Yeah, doing all right, man. You know, it's been a rough week. Had a little smoke going on this week. I'll get to that later. But, you know, <laughs> everything is good, all things considered, man. Everything's good. It's, I, I, think I, I think I saw something about that. Yeah, yeah, a couple issues, Al. You know what I'm saying? A little issue going on, but I'm all right. <laughs> I got to see if Ian's allowed to, to talk smack on Max now, now that he's with uh, SNY <laughs> instead of, you know, ESPN now. Well, listen. I, all I'll say is the I like the receipts. I guess you can call <laughs> yeah. them receipts, yeah. right? That are, that are flying around. Oh yeah, we got uh, a lot Twitter. of Twitter. Yeah. Because uh, all I ask for is consistency yeah. from everybody, mm-hmm. but particularly Facts. media members. So one hundred percent. One hundred percent. That's it. Yeah, man. So a, as we look forward to the kickoff of the second half, obviously trade rumors, man. A lot of people have a trade uh, deadline on their on their minds. Trade deadline coming up on March twenty fifth. Couple names, you know, the, the couple consistent names that that are being bandied about, Ian. It's the Oladipo's, the Lonzo's, and so on. What are you hearing um, as of late? Lonzo, as of a few weeks ago, you know, I, I was told that the price was still pretty high, mm. and then there was a report, report more recently that the Pelicans actually weren't open to moving Lonzo. Mm. But I have to imagine that if if 
a team offers enough, you can get Lonzo Ball in the trade. The thing about that, though, is if you like him, he's going to be a restricted free agent this summer. So right. how much are you really going to give up just to get him in your program for a few months and then to hope to re-sign him? I mean, I guess there's some value in that, but I think most teams would say, we're just going to wait for the offseason uh, if they want to throw Lonzo Ball a lot of money. And there are, there, I know at least one person, several people I should say, in that Nick organization that, that see the value in adding Lonzo. But like everything else, it depends on the price. My my best guess now is you more, you're more likely to see a move to, to bring on a veteran, uh, maybe boost the offense, maybe a shooter. Uh, J.J. Redick, I think, is on the radar. So I think that's more likely move, like a, a Redick type, than you know trading a lot for an Oladipo or, or a bigger-name player like that. Yeah, I, I mean, Al, I don't, I don't know what you think, but with Lonzo, with Old Depot, this is that's my thinking. I don't really want to give up. I don't really want to give up a Kev or a young player or anything for a guy that could potentially be a rental going into going into the offseason. You just don't know. You know, you, they're saying Old Depot might want to choose Miami, and I, I don't know. For, for that type of player, I, I think I'd rather wait until free agency if they really want him. Yeah, I guess if you're really serious about Lonzo, Sort of to Ian's point, you know, you get the, the restricted free agent rights there, which is important if, you, if you're trying to retain him. You know, you can shield yourself against some other team going crazy with an offer. Or, you know, in the case of, like, if you're the Knicks and you're trying to wait till the summer for Lonzo, you shield yourself from having to give up a huge amount of money to retain him, potentially, or to get him, I should say. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't give up a ton. Same goes for Oladipo, who, you know, if, if he's Miami-bound, then why? You know, why right. even go for him? Um but I would say, you know, that as with both of them, I, I wonder if maybe the cost is maybe lower than what we might think. You know, I don't think that people would have thought Derrick Rose would be available for a, a second-round pick and, you know, Dennis Smith Jr. when, you know, there's allegedly sort of a bidding war for him where the Clippers were interested, the Knicks were interested, whatever. So maybe it'll surprise you and the price is lower than you think. But, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man. Like, just from the standpoint of what I do it, I, I wouldn't do it if it costs anything significant because what's the point, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'd like to just stand pat with what we have, you know, and if there's a if there's an offer to be made where the cost is low, certainly look at it. Lonzo might not be a bad option in, in the offseason, depending on how the draft goes. You know, his three-point numbers up there last 10, he's shooting 40% from three in his last 10. So you're hoping that the shot is real. You know, he can facilitate. You know, he can defend. So I think I, I would keep Lonzo, uh, Lonzo move in the back pocket in the offseason, depending on how the draft goes for sure. Um, Ian, what about like a Rozier? That, that's another name. We always hear about that. <laughs> Rozier for like three years, man. Is it yeah. finally, you know, is it real? Well, last year, like before the deadline, I know that Knicks had interest in Rozier. And actually, I think a, a package with Randall was yep. something that was discussed internally. It's funny to think about that now with the way Randall has played this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think with Rozier, I think it's just about what Charlotte's thinking longer term. I think you know, more likely there, they do have the log jam in the backcourt. I think more likely there is Devontae Graham is, is the player that gets traded. Rogier has played so well uh, yeah. recently, and I, so I think that teams are going to call on him. But I think Charlotte, I think you would really have to, to knock Charlotte's socks off, so to speak, to, to get deep into a conversation on Rogier just because of his age, the way he's played lately. So, you know, I, I, I'm sure that um, teams, again, will call there, but I would expect – there's a move to be made for Charlotte, probably Graham is the first one to be moved. 
Yeah, I mean, if we're looking at Graham, we, we had our own Graham in quickly, man. So I'd rather uh, just see IQ get those minutes. But, um, you know, with, with Rozier as well, you know, Charlotte has something to play for. They're, they're right in the mix in terms of the playoff hunt as well. So, and, and he seems to be a guy that's been, you know, a spark in that offense. So I'm not so sure, Al, if, if uh, Rozier would be that piece for us. But we need the shooting, man. I, you know, we definitely need the shooting. Um, Alex, from that standpoint, is there a play that you have on, on your mind? that uh, you, you feel like could give this roster a spark? Oh, man. As far as, like, a, a trade player? Yeah. Or a – yeah, I, I don't know if there's anybody that really leaps out to me. I, I guess maybe if you're talking about guys – I guess the Hornets are very popular uh, as far as this is concerned. If you could pry Malik Monk from them, you know, if yeah. – although the whole reason you want him is because he's playing well lately. So I doubt that they're going to be lining up to trade him. But he could be a guy that could potentially provide things that the Knicks need. Shooting, you know, a little bit of extra ball handling. Um, and, and, you know, same deal as with Lonzo. Uh, although you're dealing with this with Frank now, too, this offseason, he's a restrictive reagent. So if you really yeah. like him, that Kentucky connection is shining through, all that, you, you get a chance to re-sign him on your terms in the offseason rather than having to go crazy with a, a restrictive free agent bid. So maybe a guy I'd look into. But, you know, I, I think if if you're doing that, I wouldn't do it just in a vacuum. Like, I would do that if there was a situation where you were trading out, say, a Burks for some other right. asset and then giving up a small asset in return to get Monk, sort of get a little younger, get someone who's maybe more part of the long-term future. Um, but that's about it for me. I, otherwise, I'm kind of with you. I, I don't feel this urgency to change things up because the chemistry is so good. That's part of what's made this yeah. team so great this year. Yeah, the, the chemistry has been, been pretty good. I just feel like between Burks and Bullock, they just got to do their job, man. They just got to shoot the ball more consistently is what, is what you're looking for. You know what I mean? Especially Bullock in that starting lineup. You know, you want him to be able to get those threes off in volume and, and really be a spark in the offense. You know, despite Julius's prowess and, and getting the team together and, and being an excellent playmaker, the offense is still near the bottom of the league. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I get, you find no arguments from me there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then speaking of the front office, Ian, you know, your, your own Weitzman had written that piece in the post, giving us inside look into the Knicks front office yesterday. I thought it was a great piece. I also had him on the show earlier today. We did a podcast. Um, Ian, I'll start with you. What were your, your takeaways from, from that article? Yeah, interesting. Uh, good reporting by your own. Tip, the, tip my hat to him. I mean, I, as a reporter covering the Knicks, you always hate when uh, a competitor gets a good story. That was a good one. And, uh, you know, I think that the interesting thing for me is, you know, we kind of talked about in the offseason how some people in the organization wanted to win now. And he reported that Thibodeau had some of those win-now moves in mind. And then there were there were factions who wanted to slow play it. And clearly those factions won out, and it's, it's worked out well so far. And so I guess now, today, this story – to me, matters only if, like, Julius Randle reads that line about Tom Thibodeau not being fully sold on him uh, before he started to work with him in those mini camps and he gets upset about it. Or R.J. Barrett or Mitchell Robinson see the line about Thibodeau, like, looking to trade those guys for veterans or being open to that idea, and they get upset about it, right? Because the, the only impact here is if it impacts relationships within the organization – is he going to do that? Yeah. I don't know. You know, you've seen it happen with plenty of teams in the past where yeah. something gets reported and people get upset. I don't know if it's going to happen here. I'd, I'd be a little bit surprised if it did, um, especially because we're in March now and, and the Knicks have played well. If this story came out 
the Knicks were struggling, yeah. they could have more of a detrimental impact. But the idea that they're sitting here at 19-18, exceeding everybody's expectations, I think the impact internally isn't going to be as great. Yeah, I think the thing I, I took away was, uh, was that um... – you know, the the conflicting visions. You know, I guess every front office, you, you, you're not always going to see eye to eye on everything, but you have Brock Aller, who is, you know, the capologist and the guy who's trying to do things on the margins and, and find you the bargains to assemble your team. And then on the other hand, you have Tibbs, who's like, get me Gordon Hayward, get me, you know, Marcus Morris is in that article, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Tibbs, as you see with the guys he's playing right now, he's trying to put themselves, put this team in a position to win. He's trying to get those wins up there. Um, so it's just interesting to see which way they will swing, whether it's play development or win now, and when they ultimately pull that trigger, man. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I was listening uh, to Yaron on uh, uh, Macri's pod earlier today. Mm-hmm. And he was saying, you know, some stuff about that. And, it, you know, just in general, like the the vibe that he's gotten that, the, you know, there does seem to be those divisions and, and stuff like that. And he also said that the article could sort of be, depending on what Nick fan you talk to, you can identify if they're a optimistic or pessimistic Knicks fan based off what their reaction to the article was. Because the optimist looks at it and says – all right, well, clearly Leon Rose made the right decisions, you know, and yeah. it's good to have lots of voices in your ear. You know, it's good to have different opinions and in particular have a, a staff that's diverse in their opinion and, you know, is willing to throw things at the wall. And, and you know, as long as they're not being made like demands, you know, like as long as it's a suggestion from Tom Thibodeau and not him being like, I quit if you don't trade for someone, yeah. you know, then it's, it, I think it's maybe a good thing, you know, to have it. To me, the the part about Tibbs, it shows he wants to win, which is cool. That's obviously – that's very apparent with the way that he's coached this year. He's not trying to mail this in. He was never trying to have a tank year like people thought they were going to have. Uh, he wanted to win, period, and he wants players that are going to help him do that. So, of course, that's what he's going to be lobbying for in the front office. And then, you know, you have a guy like Brock Aller whose job is to accumulate assets and to manage the cap and set the Knicks up for – you know, that big splash that they yeah. need to make at some point. And so, of course, his approach is going to be, well, let's sign some guys that we can flip halfway through the season and get some more picks because right. we need these picks for the eventual big star trade down the line, which ultimately, if it happens, will satisfy both their goals. It'll satisfy Tibbs and it'll satisfy him. So, yeah. you know, ultimately, I, I guess I fall into the optimist category where I read that story and I said, you know what? On the surface, you might look at this and say, like, oh, tension. But what workplace is there not tension? You know, yeah. ultimately it is. It's right. a workplace. You know, they're, they're going to have difference of opinion, and Rose is the boss. And so as long as Rose is making the right decisions, he's got to pass for me, at least until he screws up the first time. Yeah, then same, attention, you know? same here, man. <laughs> Honeymoon phase is, is still in, in place, man. But, Ian, I thought another takeaway from that was, was uh, World Wide West. You got, another, you got another look into who World Wide West was, the influence he had on the quickly pick, some of his character as well. You know, it, it's just interesting. But I just... You know, it seems like West is really that number two guy, man. What, what do you make of that? And, you know, when you look at a guy like a Scott Perry, where does he fit into every, into into that situation? Yeah, I mean, I think from day one, uh, you know, even before West came on officially, just people around the league kind of speculating, thought that West would be involved in decisions. And then obviously he comes on officially, and it's clear that he has a powerful voice in the organization. Mm-hmm. And he's got, you know, longstanding relationship with the owner, Jim Dolan, goes way back with Leon Rose, you know, they are, uh, they're incredibly close. So he has a voice and he's going to have influence on what they do. 
today, tomorrow, six months from now, and whatever. So that's going to be the case regardless. And I don't think it would be the case if he was here unofficially, too, just because he and Rhodes are so close. They've been business partners forever. And so I thought that, uh, you know, he also was in favor, or at least I'd heard, of of going after Malik Beasley. And obviously that didn't come to fruition uh, for various reasons, but they made a strong push there. So you you look at Wes, and then if you want to project forward, you can look at the guys coming out of Kentucky as, as or guys who have played at Kentucky, as your own pointed out in that article, um, as players who could be on the Knicks' radar because of the connections there between Wes and the program. But there's no doubt he's got a heavy influence. And with regards to Scott Perry, anytime you're on a one-year deal, there's going to be questions about your future. But you know everything that I'd heard was that the working relationship has been solid uh, with Perry and, and Rose and the new group. And I think that they appreciate where Perry had brought the Knicks in terms of the cap situation and the future first round draft picks. I mean, listen, nobody's going to, argue, at least I would never argue that um, the Porzingis trade leading up to free agency in 2019 uh, was a good move. Cause if it was a good move, you know, David Fisdale would still be here. Steve Mills would still be here, but they did set themselves up for future flexibility. I think Leon and his group appreciate that. So I don't think it's out of the question that, uh, that yeah. Scott Perry actually returns next year. Uh, in this role or a different role. Very interesting indeed. So to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up on the free boys. CPE and Begley, Alex Wolf here on the midseason report. In a few, in 20 minutes, these guys are going to go head-to-head in a trivia contest. And we have a link in the chat right now. Click on that link and predict your winner. If you predict the right winner, those of you that predict the correct winner will enter into a drawing. I'm giving away a $50 NBA store gift card. I'm feeling generous tonight. I'm giving away a $50 NBA store gift card to one lucky fan tonight. So make sure you guys click on the link. It's going around in the chat. It's pinned to the top of the chat. Predict who you think is going to win tonight's trivia contest. Ian Begley, Alex Wolf, and uh, we'll see who comes out the winner tonight. Let's go to the can football. I, can wait, I vote wait, for Ian I and stack the deck here? You're going to vote for Ian. Go ahead, go ahead, Ian. $50 gift card. I want to click the link. Hey, <laughs> hey, go ahead, man. Bet on yourself. If you're a better man, go ahead and bet on yourself. The, the link is in the chat, man. No worries. Um, Ian's trying to do the wholesome thing and bet for himself, and I'm trying to rig it like my Tim Donaghy over here. <laughs> All right, let, let's hear it for the people, man. Will from LI. Will, how you feeling, bro? Hey, what's going on, CP? Uh, Ian Begley, uh, Alex, how you guys doing this evening? Good, man. How you feeling, bro? Well, what's up? Good, good, good. First off, I want to say uh, the audio on the phone sounds amazing. I don't know oh, yeah. We, oh, yeah. We upgraded, baby. We upgraded. It's good. Yeah, no doubt, man. We upgraded, man. All those super uh, chats uh, came yeah. in. We, we put it back into the channel, man. So we appreciate the people, bro. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, listen, man, I just want to talk about the second half of the season and what I'm looking forward to. Um, listen, man. I don't think it's ever been um, – it's, it's not a secret that I'm with Jay and I'm with kind of with uh, Ari. Kind of I want to build through the draft. But going through this juggernaut of a, of the second half of the season, I think we got like the fourth worst uh, – the fourth hardest record yeah. in the league upcoming. Listen, this is how I feel about it. If we stay between four and five, I have no issues going into the playoffs with that record. Okay, that means, you know, we're going to go up against Fagy – the Pacers, the Heat, I feel like that's something we can do. And if you want to talk about playoff experience, I think that's something we can work with. But for me, if we're in six, seven, or eight, 
I might as well not even want to go in there. I'll take all the L's. Give me all the L's. Will, man, he's, Will, he's supposed to take because on all the smoke, man. Come on, Will, bro. We see, do you see the team? One, two, and three? The Bucks? The, 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 the Brooklyn Nets? And Philly? There is no playoff experience in getting complete, being another team's punch bag. So for me, if I'm like, Four or five, I go to a playoff. But if I'm not, yeah. hey, just get me out that playoff and get me into that draft. That's how I feel about it. I'm <laughs> I appreciate the call, man. Listen, guys, I mean, five through ten is going to be absolute. I mean, five through even 13 could be a dog fight where the Knicks, as far as the Knicks are concerned. I mean, right now they're sitting in fifth. Yeah, I, I agree with, with Will. Ideally, for this to be a special, special season, if they sit within four or five and they're looking at a Boston, maybe a Miami, you know, a team that could, that they could potentially win some games off of in this series, in a series, maybe even win a series, I think that'd be ideal. But, you know, obviously if they fall within six, seven, eight, and they got to, you know, see the Bucks, the Nets, the Sixers, it'll be a long season. But I think, look, either way, the season is a success in my eyes, you know, whether they make it or not. I don't know what you guys think. I mean, if I may... Weren't the uh, the Nets what three years ago went forty one and forty one if I remember right yeah. came in as the sixth seed and got walloped by the Sixers in the first round I think they stole one game off them in game one mm-hmm. and then lost four straight in like very dramatic fashion uh, so I mean look what happened to them a year later they signed Durant and Irving so. I don't know. I mean, we're, are we not putting any value to making the playoffs and at least showing that you're that caliber of team, that you have a coach that can get you there, that you have some pieces that can at least get you to the playoffs, and then that's, that throws up the bat signal for some, you know, star, whether it's via trade or via free agency, to say, okay, if I if I go to the Knicks, they're ready now. They're finally ready. They're not looking for a savior. They're looking for a finishing piece, Yeah, you know, that can put them to the next level. That's how I look at it. I, so that's why I don't really care about getting walloped in the first round if you got to face the Sixers, the uh, Bucks, or the, the Nets. You know, it would sting a little with the Nets, but it is what yeah. it is. You know, it's it's fine. Yeah, Brooklyn, Brooklyn would sting, man. Ian, what's your, what's your take on it? Yeah, I, I, I'm not here to tell anybody how to think, but I, I, yeah. I do think that just there is value in general in getting these young guys, any young players, into a playoff setting. And I think in particular – for this franchise, right? It's important to be able to show free agents or, or, you know, disgruntled players who are looking for a way out that they're not going to be alone on the court if they come here they're, and they're not going to take all the blame for, you know, a, a bad, bad losses or a team that doesn't reach expectations. If there's a young core here that shows that, Hey, we're on the precipice of winning as Alex pointed out with the nets, you know, I think it's an easier sell for free agents and, because I, I know, you know, there are some top players in the past who said, I don't want to be the only guy here. I mean, they saw what happened with Carmelo and how he got crushed, mm-hmm. deservedly or undeservedly. Uh, but he was the guy who took all the, the bullets when things didn't go well. And uh, the roster, there was so much roster turnover when he was here. So I think it's, it's important. I think there's value in making the playoffs, even if you're only going to bow out in the first round because other players are going to see, hey, this young core, look what they did together. Yeah. Um, maybe I can be the guy to help push them forward rather than I'm coming here alone and I'm going to get crushed and, and hurt my legacy. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I also think that, you know, if they're able to, to maintain four, five, six, seven, I, I think it's a, it's an indication that 
RJ played a consistent finish the year well, you know, because Jules is going to need help. And I think the guy that we need to, to be consistent night in, night out is going to be RJ. And so far, he's trending well, you know, since January 1st. He's been shooting 40% from three. Last 11 games, he's at 55% from three. I think that, that that would be a good sign. If they're able to maintain this position, you know, within four to seven playoff, you know, that means that they're, they're able to win some of these games and that RJ is really going to be that Robin to Julius's Batman. And so when we talk about player development, when we talk about that growth and, and showing free agents that you know we have a core here i think he's going to be important you know to to that to that growth and um he, he could be that key piece he could yeah, definitely I'm, be that key piece go ahead Al. i was gonna say yeah i'm with you i mean I, I think that i think it's all it's all about selling this to you know you got to sell what you're building and the best way to sell it is by winning you know period there, there's yes i can understand people that would be upset about missing out on a lotto pick in this year's draft but all that missing out on that means is that the team was too good to be a lottery team for once you know like and that that says something they have talent you know it, it why do you it, okay i won't say it like you can always use more lottery talent but mm -hmm. it, it proves that you don't need them you know and your team is already good enough to make the playoffs and you already have you know talented young players so yes maybe adding kate cunningham or something would be a good point to you know add to your resume i guess if yeah. you if you were really in need like that but you know as it stands they're going to have a, a number of pieces they're going to have the ability to make a trade for a star they're going to be an attractive destination for free agents so it's like you know you, you don't get to play the future game this year but you get to play in the here and now you know and you get to work with what you got and you know have good pieces available and I, I think that's just as valuable in many ways especially when you consider it's a deep draft and they'll probably still have two picks yeah. between 10 and 20 anyway Hopefully. so it, you can fill, out, fill in the gaps now in Porzingis we trust man um, salute to everybody in the chat hit that thumbs up button for you boys CPE and Begley Alex Wolfen here a salute to first lady of sports sends us a super chat she says LaMarcus Aldridge is available should the Knicks consider him he's more of a pick and pop player and can play that can play center Hey, Ian, what do you think about that? It's been reported today that LaMarcus Aldridge and the Spurs are uh, going to part ways. Do you think he, he'd be a Knicks target? I don't see, you know, that the, uh, there, there's an obvious role there. Yeah. Um, maybe the Knicks feel differently, but to me, you, you have fours and fives that you want to give minutes to, um, whether it's Julius Randle, Toppin, Mitchell Robinson, Nerlens Noel. It seems like you're okay there. So to give up assets – for a player like LaMarcus Aldrich, I don't – there's no obvious fit there to me. Yeah, me, me neither, Alex. I mean, to me, again, at this trade deadline, I'm looking for shooters. I'm, I'm looking for, for a guard or a wing, a potential upgrade either at the point or a potential upgrade at the three. And that's where I'm looking from now until straight through until the next season, you know, between the draft and free agency, man. Yeah, I can see the argument with Mitch down right now and Taj hurting. You know, it's easy to get caught in the moment of like, oh, look, Noel's having to carry it all by himself every mm -hmm. night. But – They'll get healthy. When they get healthy, you're back to having a very solid three-man center rotation, you know, where Taj wasn't going to be playing minutes anyway. So why are you going after LaMarcus Aldridge, who's – I mean, he's clearly way too slow to play the four at this point in his career. So, And on top of it, OB barely gets minutes behind Julius as it is. So yeah. just like Ian said, yeah. no role there. There's no, there's no clear fit, I don't think. So I, I wouldn't go for him. And, you know, and that's another thing, uh, Ian, is the Obi situation. And shout out to Brian Scott. He sends us a, uh, a mailbag question on Twitter. And it's basically around the Obi situation. You know, what does Obi need to do 
to get more minutes in Tibbs' rotation right now? Do you see a pathway for him to, you know, be out there and, and be a contributing factor in the second half? I mean, barring, like, injury where Tibbs is going to go to smaller lineups, I don't. I don't yeah. see his role expanding significantly because, you know, Julius Randle is playing like an all-star ahead of him. And, excuse me, Tom Thibodeau has referred to Randle as the Knicks engine, and it's been obvious – uh, why he would say that because they've leaned on him to do so much. So Randall playing at a Toppin, such an important role with this Nick team. I don't think Toppin's role is going to expand again, unless there's injury and then Tibbs goes with smaller lineups or, you know, Randall gets hurt and then Toppin has to slide in and, and play more minutes, but organically, I don't, I don't see it happening. Yeah, I don't see it either, man. It's it's been frustrating. You you want to see your, your brand new draft pick out there contributing and you know running and gunning and throwing alleys down and whatnot out. But it's been a struggle for Obi thus far, man. Seems to can't really get into a groove. You know that this half court style of offense doesn't is not really conducive to his skill sets. What what's been your overall observations of Obi in this first half? Yeah, we actually uh, we had a good piece on the Strickland about this this yeah. week from uh, Benji Ritholtz, and mm-hmm. it was you know he looked at. Obi's game so far just to take sort of an assessment and I agree with a lot of what he said in the post you know that I think the the startling thing with Obi is that we thought he was going to come in and a lot of people myself included it, maybe it was a lazy comp or maybe it was more apt but thought that he'd be kind of like John Collins you know mm-hmm. like all offense you know he'd, he'd be able to contribute right away on that end but he might be a disaster area on defense and meanwhile what we've seen is like on offense he's he's actually struggling a decent amount because in part it's the role that they put him in. Initially they had him being like a Steve Novak, basically just shooting threes, you know, and, and I don't think that that's going to be his role, but maybe the idea was just to kind of get teams to respect him from that distance. So that then he could start opening up other parts of his game, but you know, he's not running a lot of pick and roll. He's not doing a lot of rim running. Um, now that Rose has come in, he's at least looking backdoor for him a little more than like rivers was, for example, so he's getting some of those backdoor cuts for dunks and stuff like that. But all in all, like, his offense is a work in progress. On defense, though, he's actually – he's been pretty good. You know, I, I, I'm not going to go ahead and say that, like, he's on a Mitchell Robinson yeah. or Nerland's Noel, you know, trajectory or something. But as far as rim protection and being able to play center, but the numbers bear out that he's been a pretty good – defender at the rim this year it wasn't as bad as as i think a lot of people predicted you know especially yeah. coming out of dayton I don't, I don't think his defense has been that bad it's the offense it, has been frustrating it's it, you know the big thing that i think carried over from his scouting report was the fact that laterally he's not great he mm-hmm. still gets beat on the perimeter if guys have the ability to just blow by him but as far as hustle on defense you know that like try hard factor he's got all that and the verticality at the rim i think makes up for the fact that he doesn't have a lot of strength in the lower body and whatever to, to kind of get in guys way. So I've been, I've been digging it so far. You know, I, I think, I think it's just, it's worth being patient. And, you know, if you want to, if you want to watch a Knicks rookie go out and light it up every single night, just watch quickly, you know, just That's be it. patient with Toppin. just pretend to pretend quickly got drafted eight and Toppin got drafted 25th and it'll all make sense. <laughs> Good point. So to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for your squad. CP, Ian Begley, Alex Wolf in here. Make sure you predict your winner of tonight's trivia. We're going to kick it off in 10 minutes. Um, Nick Owasiki. Oh, also Wiki in the chat sends a super chat. He says, how would you feel about adding a few unselfish vets like the Rosen and Lowry in the offseason to our young core instead of trading at the deadline? Ian, what do you think about that? Well, you know, with Lowry, there was a report 
uh, out of Toronto by Michael Grange that said he Toronto's not going to trade him. Mm-hmm. So he likely will hit free agency. And then, you know, the report mentioned Miami is always being a suitor. For the Knicks, um, obviously there's going to be some turnover at the point guard position. I, I, just me, uh, conjecture, pure speculation. I, I would expect if, if things continue to go well, Derek Rose is back in some form mm-hmm. or fashion. Then you have Emmanuel quickly. Alfred Payton, I, I don't know. Um, I, I think that, you know, there will be conversations about him leading up to the deadline if other teams are calling. So there's going to be turnover. Is Kyle Lowry the fit, you know, short term? The thing with Lowry is, A, he's going to want to get paid. Yeah. So he's not coming cheap. And, B, he, he'd be a great, great person for the team's culture, for the locker room. Um, but you're not getting him cheap. And he, I don't think he's looking to, like, gracefully bow out. So he's going to want to play. And so does that take away minutes from a younger player, a player like Quickly? I don't know. So I, it doesn't seem, again, like an obvious fit for me, like Kyle Lowry. Um, and DeRozan, the same, some of the same reasons, but just more so positionally, doesn't seem like a, an obvious fit there either. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, if they get to free agency the Knicks, and they don't hit on, like, any young players that they may be targeting, I wouldn't be surprised if they went the same route that they did this past summer, trying to weaponize that cap space, uh, gain assets in taking on unwanted deals, Mm -hmm. and continuing to push forward that way. Interesting indeed. Let's go to the phones, Al. Uh, Antonio from New Jersey. What's going on, bro? Hey, how's it going, guys? Uh, Huge fan. Um, Congrats on the channel. Um, Thank you, man. It was just... uh, I was just uh, curious what your uh, feedback on uh, maybe looking at uh, Fournier and uh, possibly Bamba. Um, I know you were mentioning uh, when he comes back, but I don't know, just to have him on the bench. What do you think? Yeah, I think Fournier would definitely be an intriguing pickup, man, more so than, than Bamba, in, in my opinion. You know, somebody out there in the wing that can uh, that, that can score. Um, looks like could Orlando be sellers? You know, Vucevic's name has been brought up. Uh, Terrence Ross is another name that people like, but I, I think, you know, it could a Vucevic deal Ian, maybe trigger, you know, a sell-off and maybe a Fournier shakes loose. What, what do you think? Well, if they deal Vucevic, they're, they're blowing it up. And, uh, you know, some people think that eventually that might happen because of um, the guard play that they have and maybe he doesn't fit the style that they have, but he, he helps them so much. And, and they win the games that they win, they're winning – largely because of him. I don't think they're going to deal him at the deadline. Mm-hmm. Fournier, much stronger possibility because of his contract situation. Um, so I think they will be sellers, you know, maybe a Terrence Ross. Bamba just hasn't worked out the yeah. way Orlando's wanted it to, Bamba's wanted it to. So, you know, I could see them getting off of those players at the deadline. But Vucevic, I just I don't see it happening by the deadline. Al, what do you, what do you think about those two guys, Fournier and then, uh, uh, Bamba? Uh, I like Fournier. Uh, I'm definitely – I'm on board. You know, I I was talking this uh, talking about this with a couple of people from the Strickland recently, mm-hmm. and it was just we were kind of debating back and forth. And I could see, you know, I think that he adds a lot of scoring depth. You know, he he could do a little more than like your Reggie Bullock or your, or even your Alec Burks as mm-hmm. far as handling the ball, creating right. his own shot, shoots great from three, uh, all that good stuff. But you know, he you obviously have the drop off on the defense, so then it becomes you know like low key Reggie Bullock is a pretty key piece to this defense when it's really quick. Tibbs loves him, man. Um, Tibbs loves yeah. him. Yeah, and it's not even just that Tibbs loves him because he's old or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. Tibbs loves him because he, he works his ass off. You yeah. know what I mean? He's he's out there, like, 
defending guys like crazy and, you know, all over the court getting blocks and steals and everything else, all these like impact plays. Um, so you're going to lose out on that with Fournier. So you got to make sure that, you know, if you do that, you got to feel confident that, you know, Mitch Randall, RJ, and, you know, I guess maybe you're looking at quickly as the point guard of the future, whoever the point guard is there can kind of pick up the slack. I don't know for sure that that would work. He might even be best as like a, a six man type, you mm-hmm. know, if you could talk him into that, be like, look, you're going to get like 30 minutes, but you're going to be coming in against second units to, you know, feast on them a little bit. Maybe that's a good fit. So I'm into it. I like the idea. Uh, I don't know necessarily about trading for him because he is an unrestricted free agent and you're going to have tons of cap space. So yeah, well maybe wait. just wait till the summer. As far as Bamba, you know, kind of similar to what you're saying. I, maybe, I, you know, I, on paper, he's like, kind of, you know, his draft profile was almost like a realized version of, or like what the realized version of Mitch is, mm-hmm, you know, where mm-hmm. people were just saying he's going to swat everything. He's going to be crazy. Like, on defense, he's got like an eight foot wingspan. You know, he's shoot. gonna be. He could shoot a little bit. Yeah. You know, he was making those empty gym three pointers, but that has translated a tiny bit to the NBA. Um, I would take him for a song. You know what I mean? I would take him for nothing. Like if it was like, oh, let's swap Iggy Brasdakis for Mo Bamba, <laughs> then sure, I'm on board. Yeah, if it's yeah. like, oh, we want the Mavs pick or something, like, no, kick rocks. Right? Yeah. That's basically where I'm at with him. Another mailbag question for you from Stacy Patton, 89. This is on the quickly topic. They say, what does Emmanuel quickly have to do for people to stop putting a ceiling at cute little six man and start looking at him as a franchise point guard? What's your take? Well, I think that, you know, you so often hear those, like, Lou Williams, six man comps for him. I don't know if it's a ceiling or not, but – at least with the Knicks, like they uh, targeted him clearly. You read that in uh, your own New York Post article, but they also obviously been looking for stability at point guard for the longest time. So yeah. I think that if he is showing them, and I think he has in, in kind of spurts here, but if he shows them that he can be, you know, a one uh, for the long term, they're going to give him that lane. I can't get a read on if they feel that way about him right now, if they right. see him as the point guard of the future, I, I can't get insight on that. I don't think that he's, he's, I don't think any player would have shown enough for a franchise to commit to that role uh, at this point in his career, but quickly he's certainly done well. I just, I, I, I think it's more likely that at least in the near term future, they continue to have, um, you know, other guards in the backcourt to either compliment quickly yeah. or, or maybe even start ahead of them. Um, but certainly if he continues to play like this, he's going to continue to make the case to be a guard for this team uh, in the long-term future starting guard. Yeah, I definitely think it's been it's been hard to tell, you know, what the future lies for him as far as, you know, being a starting point guard or coming off the bench or what. But you can certainly see the, the positives that Rose has had on him, you know, being in those lineups together and, and moving quickly more in an off-ball position, man. You know, because I think we really need quickly's three-point shot more than anything. And so to be able to kind of take that pressure off him and be able to draw some attention away from the defense so that quickly can get freed up in space and be able to shoot that three has been beneficial. At the same time, you know, quickly he's been a dynamo with the ball in his hands as well now so uh it's going to be interesting to see but I'm, I'm glad we got him man 25th pick in the draft and he's been a steal so far yeah I mean I'll be brief like I I think to move him from six-man status to de facto like starting point guard of the future yeah you know he's gonna have to just he's gonna show off more of those 
distribution skills, I think, more consistently. I, I do think we saw right before the break, and, you know, you don't want to talk about it because the Knicks are playing pretty well mm-hmm. leading up to that. He also had that, like, really big garbage time game against the Spurs that sort of hid this little narrative, I guess, that's sort of emerging. But he's he's been a little bit, you know, looking for his own shot when it's not falling. You know, yeah, like, he yeah. doesn't necessarily look to get others involved if, if his own shot isn't falling. Spurs game was definitely stuck out to me in that one. Yeah, you know, where he just kind of goes out there and thinks, my job is to get buckets mm-hmm. sometimes, and, like, that's it. And it, so maybe part of it's a mentality shift. Um, part of it's just going to be a trust thing, too, though. You know, Tibbs is a, a trust guy, it seems like. Big it seems time. like he, it takes a while to crack his shell. So, you know, I'll just yeah. be patient. But I think at worst you're looking at either a phenomenal six-man or, like, a starting, you know, off guard in, like, a Fred Van Vliet kind of mold with him, which – how is that bad? You know, I, I I don't see the rush to be like he has to be like the starting lead guard yeah. when he does so many other things well and can do secondary ball handling, spot-up shooting, all this other great stuff. Agreed, man. We're going to do our trivia contest in five minutes. Let's go to the phones. JJ from Brooklyn, what's going on, bro? Yo, what's going on? What's good, fellas? How you feeling, yeah, man, bro? I was first on the Old Depot, I'm feeling good, man. Wow, the phones sound amazing. Yeah, yeah crispy. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good stuff. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But um, on Oladipo, I mean, he's just not the type of guy I would go for, especially after that brutal, unfortunate injury he had. He's never been overly efficient. You know, him and RJ, I'm just not a fan. Both guys who aren't great shooters. I know RJ's three-point shot has improved, which is awesome to see. But, you know, his shot's going to come and go. Oladipo's never been a great shooter. He lost some athleticism after injury. Who knows if it comes back. You know, I just don't like that pairing. Then you're gonna have to give up picks. Then you're gonna have to pay him. So I'd rather go for Alonzo Ball. Mm. Even him, you're gonna have to give up a lot and then pay him. But I love Alonzo Ball the way he's improved his three-point shot. He switched his form defensively after point guards like Ben Simmons and Drew Holiday. He's a great defender, Alonzo Ball. But I would still just wait for the off-season. You know, try and get Alonzo Ball or a guy like Norman Powell, who's an absolute bucket, if they don't sign him and he gets the free agency this year. But um, also, on the, um, I get that some people are like, oh, we're finally going to be a decent now and, you know, the best draft in a while. And I, and I get that. But, you know, for us, I think it would be cool to get in. I mean, you don't want to face the Nets in the first round. I would think to, like, us, you know, potentially get swept by them. Yeah. But it's going to, you know, I know some people may not want to hear this, but it's, I mean, may, some people may want to hear it, but there's still a good chance we end up in the lottery. You know, yeah, we're not sure, far sure. it. And when you look at the schedule, it's it's going to be really, really tough. And then last thing real quick on that article, it's funny because I actually asked UCP a couple of weeks ago, do you think that could be like a conflict of interest with kids trying to make like win-now moves? And, you know, you said there's definitely a possibility. Then the thing that I found the article kind of a little wild was he called uh, – Tibbs called Brock Aller uh, Hinky. <laughs> yeah. Because he wanted to yeah. like, I'm just like, I'm just like, come on, man. Like, that's the type of guy we need him in his front office. So I just hope Tibbs can just chill for a little bit. You yeah. Know? It's not surprising on Tibbs, but, you know, but yeah, that's it. Appreciate it, fellas. Appreciate it, bro. Nice. Appreciate it. Thanks for the call, man. Yeah, he definitely called him Hinky. I, I just yeah. think, I just hope Aller <laughs> is the voice of reason. For, you know, Wes and Tibbs to, you know, just not make a panic move. You know what I mean? Think about the future. Think about the, you know, the future impacts of the cap and the and the draft capital when we're going to make these moves. And just, you know, just don't panic. You know, just stay patient. Continue to draft and, and continue to build. 
CP, one thing, uh, you know, we talked about Scott Perry before, mm-hmm. and uh, somebody from another team pointed this out to me a couple weeks ago. Like, Leon Rose, longtime agent, does not have experience as team president. Brock Aller, capologist in Cleveland, hasn't been elevated to, to the position he is in with the Knicks. Mm-hmm. William Wesley, no experience in the current position he's in. But so Perry is – you know, the guy who brings experience, who's been in the seat before. So, yeah. you know, the, that team was saying, listen, don't underestimate Perry's voice and his value there, at least in the context of this current group that lacks experience in the positions they're in. Yeah, I could only imagine that Perry's been integral to being kind of that transition guy and establishing those processes for Leon Rose and that infrastructure, uh, given that, as you said, those guys really don't have any experience. So, um, great job by, by Perry, man. And if, if the Porzingis deal nets us another lottery pick, I don't know, man. You might have to uh, get some votes to stay. So uh, let's see what happens there. So to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. CPE and Begley, uh, Alex Wolf in the building. Tonight's show is presented by Manscaped. Official, official, official. Going forward for the rest of the season, Knicks Fan TV's live shows will be presented by Manscaped. So salute to all of our friends from Manscaped. Remember, fellas, Manscaped is the number one men's grooming tool below the waist. You guys are starting to go back outside now. The weather's starting to warm up. Make sure you take care of the family jewels before you go out on that date. Very important, fellas. Do not be out there lacking. Go to Manscaped.com and get the lawnmower 3.0. And uh, for our listeners, as always, you're going to get 20% off plus free shipping with promo code NYX. So it's a great deal. As you guys know what I like about it, it comes with a uh, ceramic t- blade technology. So you're not going to nick yourself. Very important. It's got an LED light. You know, if you guys want to do it in the dark, whatever you're into, it's got all of that. Great, great battery time. It's wireless. Uh, very durable and waterproof. So this, this is the go-to right here, fellas. Remember, before you go back outside, take care of everything. And I'm going to take care of you guys. 20% off plus free shipping with promo code NYX. That and is a hell of a read. That's it. We, we, wow. got, we got to pay bills, Ian. We got to pay bills. <laughs> and to I just sell- want to know, do I, do I get one of these as like my Oprah gift for coming on today? <laughs> hey, you like, got it, man. You, I just started playing ball yeah. outside again because it's nice out. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. You, you know, need I, this, I, yeah, I got to take care of the friction. You got to. You know, you I, I think it would be pretty useful. Very important now. Very important. And, and to celebrate this deal, my guys at Manscaped, we, we got a great relationship. And I got my guy Kyle on the phone. I said, Kyle, I need something. I, I need a custom order. He said, CP, what do you need? I said, I need the smallest one you have. Package it up with a magnifying glass. And we're going to send it to Bristol, Connecticut. And I want you to put <laughs> Maximilian Kellerman on the box. And tell him it's from CP and his friends from Knicks Fan TV. My guy Kyle said, I got you, bro. I got you. We'll see what we can do. We'll go to R&D Lab and make sure we come out with the smallest one with a magnifying glass. Get that to Bristol, Connecticut. One day shipping. Let's get it going. CP, was there round two? What what, what happened? Listen, man, they they pulled an old foot trick on me, Ian. They pulled an old foot trick on me. I was in there round two. We were ready to go. We're talking about Ether and takeover. Then all of a sudden, they want to complain that my audio's not working. Well, you heard the callers. I got a, We got a brand new uh, mixing board. The callers are good. The audio's A1, crispy, record record level uh, uh, setup. And then all of a sudden, I cut out. They cut out, man. They pulled the old foot trick on me and then claimed that I'm running a, a, a some sort of basement setup here. You know, they, they tried to go in on me a little bit, Ian. They tried to go in on me. So round three, I'm showing no mercy, man. Is there going to be a round three? There right? will be a round three. Trust and believe there will be a round three, and that's it. That's it, man. 
I um, love it. Yeah, that's it. No holes barred, fellas. No holes barred. <laughs> 100%. Salute to everybody in the chat once again. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. All right, here we go. We're going to kick off our trivia contest. Dave, make sure you lock off the uh, the entries. No more entries. Let's lock it off. And Dave, do me a favor. Just highlight everyone who's who submitted so far successfully, and then we'll run the drawing after the contest. So Ian and, and uh, Alex have been prompted, have been prepped. We're going to have five questions with the, the uh, multiple choice of A, B, and C. And uh, once again, whoever you guys predicted to win, those fans will be entered into a drawing for a $50 NBA store gift card. All right, fellas, let me know when you guys are ready to go. Oh, you're just ready to rock. telling us the questions. Uh, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to run the questions for you. I'm going to run okay. the questions for you. Yeah. You could, if you have the if you have the uh, the video up, you'll be able to see it as well. All right. So, let me know when you guys are ready to go. Good. Good to go. All right, fellas. Here we go. First, wait, Dave's pinging me right now. Okay. All right, here we go. First question, fellas. Who holds the record for the most consecutive free throws made in Knicks history? Is it A, Courtney Lee, B, Kiki Vandeweghe, or C, Allen Houston? When do you want me to hold it up? And right as soon as possible. Answers, please. Ian goes A. Alex Wolf goes A. The correct answer is... A, Courtney Lee. Good job, fellas. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. That was, a, that was an easy one. That was the one thing we got to write about at the end of a miserable season. <laughs> <laughs> memorable say, you, could, you could thank Clyde and Breen for that one. No doubt. I, I definitely remember that. Constantly reminding us as well, for sure. Okay. So now we got to throw in a monkey wrench here. Number three. Number two. How many playoff appearances have the Knicks had in the 1980s? How many playoff appearances did the Knicks have in the 1980s? Is it A5? Is it B8? Or is it C6? Mm. Yeah, see, they they thought we were going to go easy on them. Ian's going with C. And Alex is going with C. What does the audience say? Well, here it is. The answer. The answer is C. Oh, good guess. Six. (laughs) Six playoff appearances. All right. So it's two to two. Here we go. Question number four. John Starks has the most made three-point field goal attempts in Knicks history. Who has second most? Is it A, Carmelo Anthony, B, Allen Houston, or C, Bill Bradley? I might be wrong on that. Ian's going B. Alex Wolf, your answer, please. Alex Wolf is going B. People in the chat are saying the answer is. Oh, the answer is B. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Oh, man. These guys will not go quietly into the night, people. (laughs) What are we going to do? We only got five questions loaded up. All right. All right. This is a doozy here. Here we go. Question seven. Which Knicks player played Major League Baseball in addition to NBA basketball? Is it A, Jerry Lucas, B, Dave DeBusher, or C, 
Dick McGuire. Hmm. I don't know. This is another guess. Ooh. This is a guess. Alex is going C, and Ian is going B. The correct answer is B. Dave the Busher, folks. Yes, he was a pitcher, I believe, for the Chicago White Sox. I know what my rationale was with that. Yeah, I thought the Busher would be too tall. His strike zone would be huge. How did that that man play baseball? That man did everything. He probably threw threw gas. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Smoked cigs in the dugout. You know, (laughs) coached the Pistons. Smoked cigs on the bench. Dave the Busher was the man, man. You know, rest in peace. So our winner, ladies and gentlemen, in a doozy, is Ian Begley. Whoa, where's question five? Did we get question five? No, well, what happened was question five, it was a, it was a video, man, but we didn't get the video in time, man. Oh. I'm sorry. Yeah, we'll, we'll get it back next time. We'll right. get it back. All and right, since right. Ian is pressed for time. Uh, that, that was a well-deserved win, anyway. Yeah, yeah. That was he, well-deserved. He, he, was Ian hit it at the walk-off, man. <laughs> Ian hit it at the walk-off. Ian, definitely appreciate you for joining us. Thank you Thanks, for your guys. time, man. Um, any any piece or any content you want to promote as for SOI? Just check out the Putback, our weekly digital show. comes out every Wednesday. We had the great Tina Servacio on this week, and we have my buddy uh, M-Grads, Marcus Gradney, who I know he's upset Nick Twitter with his R.J. Barrett, Alonzo Trier <laughs> takes, so he's got more great takes. So, so come check us out every Wednesday. We appreciate you guys. Alex, CP, always great to do with you guys. Yeah, man. Thanks again for your time, man. Much appreciated. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys, for Ian Begley. Al, you fought, man. You fought valiantly, bro. You know, you, you hung tight. You hung in there tight, man. It went It went to the last question. What more could you I ask I gave it for? a shot. You know, I tried my common sense argument. It just didn't work. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's just... <laughs> you, you gave it your all, man. Good effort. Good, good yeah. effort, man. I can't say nothing about it, man. Yeah. You, you fought, bro. Is what it is. Yeah. Is what it is. It is I lost to a good one. Yeah, I lost you did. to a good one. You did, man. That's all you could. That's all you could say, bro. That, that's <laughs> a fact, man. Let me get your uh, your camera in here. So to everybody in the chat once again, what you guys think about the Battle of the Fans trivia, man? That's a new wrinkle we're gonna add in a new segment we're gonna add in, and we're gonna give the fans a chance to win some of these as well, man. So uh, just a, just another way to have some fun with it. I thought that was good, man. I thought that was really good. Good stuff, Al. That was fun. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I would have never guessed. I should have known. I just read I read the uh, Harvey Ayrton book, like, yeah, that, yeah, not that long ago. I feel like that must have come up in there, and I just forgot about it. I, I believe it did. I believe yeah. it did. Because then, you know, after that, then he goes to the Pistons, and he becomes player coach, and then he hated that. So then that's, like, part of why he came to the Knicks then, because he was like... He was like, I'm not trying to be player coach here. It's yeah. stressful. I'm like 24 years old. Like, yeah. yeah. Fun stuff. Le- legendary stuff with those guys. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Able to accomplish back in those days, man. Legendary stuff. Salute to David yeah. Busher, man. Rest in peace. Let's go back to the phones. My guy Illa's checking in from T Dot. What's going on, Illa? How you feeling, bro? Yo, Steve T, man. Thanks for having me tonight, man. Steve T, man, you better go for that KO against oh, Kellerman. Oh, I am going to end Kellerman. Believe me. Believe me, Illa. It is over for Max Kellerman. It is over. <laughs> man, get that snake in the ground, yeah, bro. It's over. Uh, yo, so anyways, uh, I'm going to keep it short tonight, uh, mm-hmm. so I'm just going to ask you uh, two questions if I can, mm-hmm. and uh, you can give me your thoughts. Uh, first question is, who do we give credit to for bringing Julius Randle to the Knicks, Steve Mills or Scott Perry? And my second question is, now that we are heading to the second half of the season, you know, and we shouldn't automatically think just because we are currently uh, fifth seed that we're going to make the playoffs because mm-hmm. things can get better. Or, or as you know, things can get totally uh, things can turn around for the worst. So my question yeah. is, despite what happens starting Thursday and the rest of the season, do we give Scott Perry a contract extension, or do you think they move on from him? Your thoughts. Thanks for having me. Mm, appreciate the call, man. Appreciate the call. I think you know on the Randall thing, you don't really know, right? I guess it was a team decision, right? I don't really know what the brain trust was thinking out. You know, Get when, Ian back on the line. Yeah, we, yeah we, needed Ian, we needed Ian back on the line for that one, man. I'm um, not really sure, you know? I'm not really sure, man. I would say based off the type of player that I think both of them like, mm-hmm. I would lean more to ah, – man, it's tough because I feel like they both kind of liked, at the time, the offense-first sort of players. Yeah. I, I would maybe lean Perry. Maybe that's just me wanting to give him credit. But – he sort of seems to track with the type of dudes that Perry's gone after since he's been here. Like, based off his rep coming in, Julius is, I mean, you know, he, uh, I guess, would have been in sort of a similar profile player-wise to Alfred Payton, where not necessarily the most accomplished defensive player, but good at getting to the rim, uh, sort of can create his own shot a little bit, you know. Yeah. Uh, so kind of maybe seems like a Scott Perry type guy. But I, I can't say for certain. Yeah, it's hard obviously. to say. I just think, you know, when they got him and and things were still fresh when you got him, you said, all right, you know, obviously we, we lost out on plan A. But I think the overall consensus when we got him was it wouldn't be a bad plan B to get a, a young player with, you know, room to grow. And that that's kind of mm-hmm. how I saw the, the Randall acquisition. Now, obviously, we know last year was a disaster for him, and this year, it, it's been roses. You know, he's been an all-star. He's been everything that, that you were looking for when you got him. So, you know, wh- whoever it was, whether it was Mills or Perry, you, you give them credit for at least going out. And, you know, yes, they did get the one-year deals and all the power forwards and all that, if you want to feed into that narrative. But they still got a, a, a young, upstart player on a cheap deal that that's now paying dividends for this team. Mm-hmm. And if I may, on the second part of that question, yeah. uh, about whether to retain Perry or not, I mean, I actually kind of like Scott Perry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I feel like I was one of the only people that, when they initially fired Mills and they didn't fire Perry, I was like, good. I think that's a good move because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I actually like Perry. <laughs> you know, I think 
I think he's a well-connected dude. He's well-respected in the NBA. And, yeah. you know, ultimately when they made the Rose hire, I said, yeah, okay, this makes sense. Because it was sort of like Ian was alluding to this before, and it was in the story, you know, in the post. Like, you know, he's – Perry – has NBA front office experience and most of this front office right now has NBA relationship experience, but not front office experience. So I kind of like keeping them around for a little longer. I do wonder though, maybe you could could give your take on this, but Mm -hmm. there was that sort of media blitz like two weeks ago where it seemed like three or four different guys on the Knicks beat wrote stories about like, Oh, the unsung hero of the Knicks being so good, Scott mm-hmm. Perry, you know, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Like, here's a list of his accomplishments and how good he is. <laughs> that that almost felt like a plant from the Knicks yeah. where yeah. they were trying to sow the seeds for him to get another job. Yeah. Uh, and, and just throwing, his, throwing his resume out there, out there right? Throw, throw yeah, exactly. Like, that, that kind of felt like that. But I, I can't yeah. say for certain, but that's sort of the impression I get. And mm-hmm. then maybe he'll be more open to opportunities this offseason. Um, and maybe if one doesn't come along, he sticks with the Knicks. But I, I get the feeling, and rightfully so probably, he probably wants something more than effectively being, seems like, you know, probably the fourth most important voice seems in the so, room man. at best it right now. It seems so when you read that article. I mean, yeah. I, I saw the importance of keeping him, and I thought it was very important to keep him based on the fact that, you know, you didn't have any guys with the experience coming in here, whether it was Rose or Wes or All or whatever. So I definitely saw the importance of it. I thought his record, it wasn't, obviously it wasn't perfect. He's had some hits. He's had some misses. You know, Moutier was a miss. Peyton in his role is, you know, questionable. But obviously you saw you saw that. You knew that, that, that Perry was, you know, enamored with him and always wanted him. His draft record is, is up and down. But I think, by the you know, by and large, I would keep him. I would keep him at least for a couple more years until you have that person groomed. I mean, Walt Perrin is the assistant GM. I'm not sure if they have plans to, to, you know, elevate him. He's been a veteran in the game or I don't know, you know, what his role is per se. But, you know, when it comes to Perry, I wouldn't mind them keeping him. I definitely wouldn't mind them keeping him. Yeah, and, you know, he's just – He's a well-respected guy in the NBA. Yeah. You know, those don't grow on trees. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's nice that, that pretty much everybody in the Knicks front office is people that if you went up to some random dude in an NBA front office and said, hey, what's your opinion on so-and-so, they'd be like, oh, the, the professional, you know, uh, really nice. You know, everybody loves him. Uh, you know, everybody likes dealing with him, blah, blah, blah. You right. Know, it's, it's nice to have those sort of guys in the Knicks uh, front office. After Isaiah Thomas and Phil Jackson Facts. and whatever that everybody hated. <laughs> that, that is a fact, man. Good point. So to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. What do you guys think in the chat, man? Scott Perry, would you keep him or would you let him walk? Give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down in the chat on Scott Perry. Thumbs up if you would keep him. Thumbs down if we should let him walk. And let me know. If you guys are new in the chat, leave us a hashtag new. We'll shout you guys out as well. Some super chats came in. Uh, shout out Taco Nacho. Good name. He said, hey, Ian, we need shooting. I think Oladipo will be cheap. Do you think we make a move by the deadline and for who? Uh, JJR, I think he's – JJ Redick, I think he's old. Yeah, I think – I don't know, man. I I think Redick has lost his fastball. Oladipo, I'm definitely not interested in in trading for, you know, free agency. The the thing – the way I look at the Oladipo thing, I was like, you have another inefficient shooter, another inefficient scorer in that lineup if you get him. And then let's say you plan to sign him long term, you're really going to bank on, you know, him and RJ, I don't know, man. I, I still think we need a, a true dynamo at the three. I'm, I'm willing to hold out until we actually get one. That's the thing. Like, 
I think people look at the counting stats on Oladipo sometimes and get a little starry-eyed based yeah. off where he's at presently. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you could look back, whatever, uh, already, like, over three years ago now when mm-hmm. he was, like, a legit, like, MVP candidate right. almost. Right. And, and you could say, wow, look at his numbers then. And, yeah, they were great then, but the thing is he's putting up kind of similar counting stats now but on way worse efficiency. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, his – he, his percentages are just terrible, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't, I don't really want that kind of energy here. I, I, I would prefer RJ who knows, you know, RJ has been pretty good about if he doesn't have it going, he lets it go at about 10 shots. Yeah. You know, and, and he says, okay, it's time to start distributing. Or, right. Right. Doing you know, only taking wide open shots. Yeah. Yeah. So whereas old Depot yeah, he's kind of a chuck at this point in his career, maybe it's just because he's been trying to push himself to Miami where he eventually wants to go or something, but. I don't know. I'm I'm not on the old depot train. Yeah, I'm, no I'm depot, not. as they say in the chat. I'm not with it, man. No, I'm definitely depot. not yeah. with it. You know, no For panic sure. moves, man. No panic moves. That that's where I'm headed. No panic moves. If it drops into your lap, costs you a second round pick here, there. You and know, Austin Rivers. Uh, you know, I'll make a trade like that. That's what I was saying when we were on with Ian too. You know, like I I think there's a chance that old depot might be available for way less than we think because we're not even taking into account for Teta like is broke. He's like yeah. broke, broke right now, yeah. you know, because he, he was in the restaurant business last year. He was like begging the NBA to serve his food in the bubble. Mm, like, yeah, so right, could, right, right. You know, keep things afloat. So maybe he just, I, I think they're still in luxury tax territory or mm. very close to it, you know. And so trading Old Depot might take them out of luxury tax. And maybe that's valuable enough to them that they say, hey, if, if you can take him and we only take back, you know, Kevin Knox or whatever salary-wise for $6 million or whatever yeah. Knox makes, which the Knicks could do. For old, the old Evo makes about twenty million dollars, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, and they have roughly fifteen million in space right now. So they could just basically absorb Old Depot in the space. Maybe that's worth it to the the Rockets, and they say, "Hey, just give us Kevin Knox." And you know, I, I'm not in love with divorcing ourselves from Knox yeah. without seeing what he is fully. But that's a move that I could get behind. But that's about as far as I'd go. Okay, <laughs> that or like a second round pick. Agreed. Shout out to uh, Money Mark S. He says, question for Bagels. Uh, Ian left, guys. Sorry, but we'll, we'll do our best to answer. He says, what does he think is Frank's role with the team for the second half of the year and potentially next year? I see Frank as a good defensive and chemistry piece. Salute to KFTV. Salute to Money Mark for always supporting. Uh, what's what's your take on Frank? He's, he's come in now a couple of games, started in San Antonio. That was a disaster. But um, other than that, he did shoot the ball well in, against San Antonio for sure. But um, shooting shooting the three much more uh, efficiently, and, and I felt like he's been a lot more aggressive as soon as he came in. I think I, the first game he came in, I was there. It was at the Sacramento game. And, um, yeah, he just it seemed like he shot the ball well. His defense was always there. What, what do you think the future holds for Frank? I think, you know, I, I might not be Ian Begley, but I, I based off reading different things from some of the beat guys mm-hmm. um, and from I, I just talked to Berman, as it mm-hmm. turns out, earlier mm-hmm. today for Locked on Knicks. So I got a little bit of insight from Berman, and Berman seemed to be of the opinion that Frank might have played himself into a role with this team mm. at minimum for the rest of the season because mm. um, we were kind of talking trades with him and stuff, and and he was like, yeah, you know, if this was a couple months ago, they might have traded Frank or whatever. And then sort of just slid in there like, but, you know, right, I, I think that they see the value in Frank, even if he's out of the rotation initially when everybody gets healthy. I think they see the utility in him as a player and this, that, and the other. So there's that. And then in Ian's writing, not to speak for Ian, but in, in a lot of his writing lately, he's, I mean, he was one of the first ones to drop a nugget in there a few weeks ago about like, hey, maybe Frank's not totally out of the rotation yet. And then yeah. lo and behold, like a week or two later, 
um, you know, Frank ends up getting back in the rotation. So I, uh, I think maybe there's a chance that Frank's sticking around. Um, yeah. Hopefully long term, because I I've really liked what I've seen from him. Uh, I have to this point. I agree. I agree. I have. I have. And again, the defensive effort has definitely been there, and he hasn't been gun shy. And that's why that was one of my biggest concerns with him. I don't think he's ever really going to be that aggressive, you know, uh, dr- drilling into the paint type of dude. But at least. You know, let it fly, man, and stop being scared to shoot. Let that, let you know, let that thing go. That free throw line extended mid range that he has, similar to RJ. You know, let let those go when you come on coming off the curls. You know, from from Taj, the curl screens and things of that nature. Um, as far as as the rotation, though, I just don't know, man, because I look at it as with Rose and Peyton back. You know, they're gonna be there. You know, Quickly's gonna be there. You know, Burks has his spot for now. I think uh, Bullock is locked in, right? We know Bullock's minutes are going to be locked in. I just don't know. You know, is it Obi? Whose minutes get get cut for Frank? Is it – you get what I'm saying? Because I look at it as, okay, you have your starting five. They're set. Coming off the bench, you're either going to have Rose, more than likely Rose, IQ, Burks, Obi, Noel, once once you have your full – everybody, you know, a full deck. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would think what might have to happen is a trade. You mm. know, I, I think you might have to move out Burks or something, mm. which was alluded to in the in the Yaron piece. You know, he mm. said uh, that the Knicks basically signed Burks and Rivers and, you know, some of those guys with the express intent of trading them. So that might be what it takes, you know, yeah. when they're fully healthy. Um, I think at least initially, you know, tomorrow we'll still get to see Frank because Rose is going to be out there. Right, right, right. So presumably, you know, his role is going to be steady there. But even after that, I mean, I guess maybe you could you could potentially throw him out there in three-guard lineups um, if you want to go that way, mm-hmm. which I guess would require, I don't know, I guess less minutes for RJ, which maybe is a good thing, maybe a bad thing, depending on the night. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's it's going to be tricky though. I do think, I think the ultimate thing that's going to, that's going to change it around and make it work for Frank is that there's going to have to be a trade or something. Cause otherwise I just don't really see it. Like yeah. it, it's going to be difficult for him again to crack the rotation right, despite playing really well and shooting like unlimited attempts, but like he's shooting like 62% from yeah. three right now yeah. or something. That, that's a fact, man. So we'll see how that goes. What do you guys think? You know, we know the Frank Hive is in the, is, if the Frank Hive is in the building, throw a hashtag Frank Hive in the chat. Let us know we in there. Are, are you guys generally Frank Hive in the chat? I oh, always the, forget. The Frank uh, Hive is, is alive and well in the chat, man. So yeah. it's been a while, though. You know what I mean? Because he hadn't yeah. played. So they've been yeah. they've been lurking. They've been creeping in they, the shadows. But they got to they got to crawl out of the hive. Yeah. You know, they gotta... Yeah, the hive is there. The hive is there. You know, Shirley Willis says, you guys stop. So clearly Shirley Willis is not in the Frank Hive. That's for sure. That's for sure. I am Frank Hive. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I judge him fairly. That's the thing with Frank, you know. Some people have gone way too far one way or the other, you know. If he has a good night, the people that want to defend him no matter what want to say he's going to be like a superstar or something, that's pushing it too far. He's not. He's going to be a good role player. And then if he has a bad night, then all the people – Top that is like, see, I told he you, sucks. he's the worst player in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the a kid, garbage argument. Kid, I don't know what. I just like him because he's a cool kid. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> kid, kid, can't wait, man. Salute to Frank. Salute to everybody in the chat once again. Hit that thumbs up on feed, boys. Jeffrey Vasquez says, "Do you see us getting rid of players like Knox or Rivers?" Uh, salute to my Knicks squad, ready for the second half. All seventy-two. Yeah, I think it, as Tibbs has said, if there's a trade he wants, <laughs> they're gonna pull it. 
I, mm-hmm. I just I'm just not sure what, what it is, man. I'm just another sure another Berman nugget. He it, it sounds like Rivers is like gone. Yeah, uh, seems seems like it, right? Yeah, I mean he the way he put it, it sounds like Rivers is quietly kind of seething mm. over not playing too. Mm. Um, mm. So because there was one of the games he wasn't even there. I don't. Yeah. I think the Kings game. I think I saw him. It was one of it was a good the Golden State game one of those games those recent home games he wasn't even there I, they didn't say why but he wasn't even on the bench yeah yeah it's it, I mean I can understand I yeah. guess to some degree you know particularly that one game where they were real short on guard depth um, where it was where Frank was starting you know mm-hmm. and it seemed like okay maybe this is the game that you know you just throw Rivers out there for a few minutes let him get his final trade nah, audition wasn't it? and he didn't get yeah. it. <laughs> He couldn't even yeah. get off the bench for that. I'm like, yeah, yeah he's done. Tough. It's over. That's tough sledder, man. The business is tough, man. You know, he, yeah. he, had, he, had, he had said all the right things coming into the press conferences and things like that, and, and you know, we won't back down. You know, but just he, he just had it. He just wasn't fitting in, you know, unfortunately. I, I think he's got a ball-stopping way about him. Yeah, 100%. You know? and, and I just don't, I don't think that's conducive to what Tibbs wants to do, mm-hmm. which is why he's been more likely to play a guy like Frank lately. Um, and maybe I, again, I was alluding to it a minute ago, but maybe also the reason the quickly's minutes have been down lately is that, you know, if Tibbs sees that you're prioritizing yourself over, over getting the team going, I, I don't think that sits well with him. Yeah. Uh, but that's just anecdotal. Like I, I don't have anything to agree, but it's noticeable. It's obvious. Yeah. You know, yeah. it, it's obvious, man. So I, I agree with you there. Um, so to the R sends a super chat. He says, keep the squad we have, trust the process and keep grinding. Okay. All right, all right. Rich Jim says, what do you think about getting Josh Hart? I would love to get Josh Hart. I, I just don't think sure. a guy like that is available. What yeah, are they, trying to, are they trying to move them? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, would, I would love it. Wishful thinking, man. Wishful thinking. Yeah. So, hey, I, I would love to get Josh Apparently Hart. Apparently every guard or wing on the Pelicans is available. Yeah, right, <laughs> right, right, right. That, I don't think David Griffin is that easy to uh, to pull a fast one on, man. I don't think yeah. it's that easy to pull a fast one on. Let's go to back to the phones. Let's go to San Antonio down at the Alamo. Chris, what's going on, bro? Yo. My fault. What's on speaker? How you guys doing? Oh, good, Chris. How you feeling, bro? Hey, I'm doing good. I'm watching the Spurs game. Uh, they're down on the Mavericks right now, but I think Ooh. they're going to pull it up. So I think the Mavericks going to have another L in the call. All right, cool. Uh, I got faith in DeRozan. Good. But um, I'm wondering what you guys think about uh, who the next player should be. Prototypical, not necessarily a specific player, next to Randall because I, I know you guys hear a lot of calls, especially tonight, but throughout your shows uh, about different players that could come, and I'm wondering what kind of prototype fits next to Randall because <clears throat> a lot of people are saying that he could be a good two or three, but right now he's our best guy, so assuming he's going to be our best player going forward and nobody much better than him is going to come soon. Uh, I was thinking in the, you know, I won Kyra from the draft, but mm-hmm. I just uh, realized that first Van Vliet was also a player who I really liked, and I was going over some of his stats. I feel like he would fit a lot of the problems that our team has and help fix them up. Uh, obviously, we, we're not going to be able to get him, but I feel like a player of that mold. Uh, it's also interesting because we're talking about Mike Conley uh, in the offseason, and he's going to be a free agent as well. And then we have our own free agents in D. Rose and Alfred Payton, and all those guys are like similar age between Fred and Mike and D. Rose and uh, Conley. They, they all match up pretty close in age. Uh, so I'm just wondering what kind of player you guys feel like would be 
uh, prototypical yeah. or a specific player that you guys just really want to get on the team uh, yeah. going forward to fit next to Randall specifically? Pre- appreciate it, man. Appreciate it, man. Al, what, what are you thinking there? Man, I, uh, I guess it depends on if we're talking, like, ideal world or if we're yeah. talking, like, realistically to some degree. I'm just saying, like, like prototype, prototype. You yeah. know, maybe I not guess, a specific player, but a pro prototype. I think a, an elite scoring wing Me too, man. that can handle the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know exactly who that is uh, based off, you know, uh, whether it's going to be through the draft or free agency or what, but... You know, I think because of Randall's ball handling ability, you don't necessarily need to prioritize a super elite, you know, point guard mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that can distribute, you know, every single possession. Like, you don't need a, uh, a prime Chris Paul type. You know, obviously you would never turn that type of player away. And th- and there's more than one type of player that can fit with Randall. But I think if you got a player, I guess, honestly – <laughs> Stings to say, but if if I was going to pick one player that's probably the ideal archetype for who I'd want playing next to Randall mm-hmm. as like a second star, granted it would be this would make the player better than him, but I'll take Kevin Durant. Yeah, I was just oh. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I yeah. think that he'd be the guy because yeah. you know Durant he can play the three, but we've seen in Golden State you know even if he's playing the three he can provide a little bit of help rim protection. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's a little overrated as a defender. Like I don't, especially post injury. I mean, I don't know that he's going to be like the perfect, you know, defender. But he wouldn't have to be in that lineup because mm-hmm. Randall's very good defensively. Mitch is great defensively, obviously. So he provides what he needs to provide. And then just the scoring. I mean, you can you can have Randall driving in and kicking it to KD. You can have KD driving in and kicking it to Randall. Um, you know, you can have just. So many different things with that, with those two guys out there. Um, but, you know, Durant is kind of the guy that everybody in the NBA yeah, wants. Of course. So, <laughs> what are you going to do? I've been saying we need a dynamo at the three, man. Yes, we need a yeah. point guard for sure. We need a long-term option at the point, but we need that dynamo at the three, especially if you're going to have RJ locked in at the two. Not saying that, you know, RJ is not going to be a prolific scorer, but just saying that you need some uh, a more consistent shooter um, and, and give you some more off-ball spacing for Randall, you know, Bullock, again, as you said, we, we see what Bullock, what Tibbs likes in Bullock is being that multi-positional defender, bringing that energy, so on and so forth. But, you know, the three-shot attempts a game or two-shot attempts a game, it's just not enough in this offense. You need somebody that's going to give you a bit more volume. And uh, I think somebody at the three would be ideal. Obviously, the point guard would would be ideal. I liked how I got to see what the numbers are in terms of the two man game with uh, with Peyton and Randall. But you know, you you know, overall Peyton's assist numbers are down. I liked Rose and Randall's chemistry when Rose got those couple of games starting, man. I thought he really got Randall involved in the pick-and-roll, pick-and-pop game, and that was another element of Randall's game that we haven't seen, and that's also an area I think that that can also help him, you know, as teams start to key in on him and start to make those adjustments where he doesn't have to always go one-on-one and and try to make a play for himself. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think point guard play is obviously still valuable. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I'm I'm not – I just think if if I had a choice between trying to think like who's I, I wouldn't I wouldn't throw Steph out there, uh, but because Steph I think is different. Steph is like a one two guard hybrid. Yeah. He just runs all over and shoots from everywhere. That's that's totally different. But you know if you I guess what would Lillard be like the prototypical point guard after yeah. that? Yeah, you think? And that then, for sure. Yeah, and then you know the the prototypical small forward would be Durant. Like I think that. Lillard 
like a bit of what he can give you with two players like you know like like Durant and and Randall or I don't know I got to scale down this Durant thing this like sounds very tight <laughs> but cool. like we're talking prototype we're talking prototype yeah, not yeah. Realistic. If, if you can get an elite scoring wing I, I think that's harder to find than yeah. you know a, a point guard you know that's to like be a, a scoring team. point guard mm-hmm. like the Knicks already got one. I mean, in a, in a way, they have quickly already. You know, and they That's just got him at the 25th pick in the draft. Granted, he was a steal, mm-hmm. but you know, those sort of guys I think are a little easier to find that can that can score and distribute some from the one. Um, you know, more so than a than like an elite wing like a Durant or a I don't know, even like Brandon Ingram. Yeah. You know, who's maybe not quite as good um, this year as he was last year, but you know, Ingram's still very good player, very talented at scoring the basketball and that, that's hard to find you know from a from a tall dude like that agreed uh, agreed man so to everybody in the chat once again hit that thumbs up button for you boys cp and alex wolf on the check-in oh we, we gotta we gotta do our giveaway man we gotta do our giveaway here what, what's going on somebody in the chat going going off yeah i see a couple in there one was like one was like he really said randall's good at defense randall is good at defense this year man watch the watch the games i like good yeah, on defense yeah i've liked julius oh. on the defensive end this year I've, I've yeah, on the defense, absolutely. Man. And then saw another one said Wolf setting everybody up for the let letdown. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, this is what I didn't want to do. <laughs> Welcome back, Alex. Welcome back. Man. Oh man, <laughs> it's just tough love from the chat, baby. Tough love from the chat. TM says 25 likes away from 500. Let's get those thumbs up button. Hit those likes. Let's get those likes up. My guy Raw Hebrew Remnant is back in the chat, man. Raw Hebrew, what's going on? Hope all is well. Junior Karoma, how you feeling? Junior sent a super chat. What do you say? Junior super chat said, um, said uh, Frank, he is Frank Hive, Alex. And he says, we desperately need another shooter. Realistically, who can you see the Knicks really targeting before the deadline? I don't know, man. As I said, I think it could be a name that we're just not thinking about. Because I just, you know, of the names, the typical, I don't, Beal's, Beal's not realistic. I don't think he's available. I don't think is available. Those don't make any sense. And Oladipo, we, we've touched on it, you know, at length. I, I just don't know. Like I said, Terrence Ross is a Fournier. I don't know, man. Yeah, yeah. Th- I feel like someone's gonna come out of nowhere. I mean, think about it. We literally we just saw today Lamarcus Aldridge all right. of a sudden right, is right, right, parting ways with the Spurs, and it's like well, you probably wouldn't have assumed that a few days ago. Um, although th- their relationship's always been kind of weird. It yeah. was so strange. Uh, sorry, not the tangent, but remember, like he he went out of his way to sign there, and it was like this huge thing, homecoming. I'm going to pop, like mm-hmm. I. Aldridge played on Team USA too, right? With, with uh, yeah. Pop as one of the assistants, yeah. I think. Pretty sure. And you know, so he knew him and everything. And it seemed like right from the first season there, it seemed like Aldridge. It was always like oh, Aldridge isn't totally in love with how Pop coaches the team. Blah yeah. blah. And it's like, man, you had a choice of anywhere, including the Knicks. <laughs> and you chose there. Like that was your choice. Man. You made your bet. Like, yeah, you made your bet, but, bro. That absolutely, man. So yeah. good luck to him. We'll see if he uh, ends up with the Brooklyn Ring Chases or something. Yeah. That would just be along weird. with Drummond and Blake and it, it, give me a the break. Final sco- they have final scores like one eighty to one seventy two. Give me a break if they have that. That garbage, man. Give me a break. <laughs> ring chases, man. All ring chases out. All ring chases, I, man. I don't. I don't even fault guys for ring chasing to some degree. I do think though that the NBA. I have no idea how to fix it, but the NBA yeah. buyout system is broken mm-hmm. in some way. Like there just needs to be some sort of financial harm put on the teams that pick these dudes up that literally like Blake Griffin could sign a two year contract with the Nets at the veterans minimum right, right. now and still make 30 million a year. Cause he, <laughs> cause he got crazy. bought out for, 
you know, thirty yeah. million a year from the Pistons. It's just I don't know. It's kind of stupid. It, it's cheap, man. It's cheap. Yeah. You know, yeah, anyway. and it's the Pistons too, man. You want to talk about the ugliest cap sheet in basketball? Terrible. Oh my God. Good luck to Jeremy Grant. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Good man. luck to it's you. Gonna be him and only him for the yeah. next two years. Fact. That's all they can afford. Fact. Brian from New Jersey. Brian, how you feeling, bro? Hey, you guys hear me? Yep, loud and clear, man. We got we got a new phone system going on, right. Brandon. We can hear you loud and clear, man. You've been able to hear us the whole show. What's going yeah, on? I know. I know. I know. <laughs> Uh, no, nah, I was going to talk about Fournier, but this man Antonio took my idea like almost an hour ago. So yeah. now I'm here looking like free agency or people. Yeah. I mean, one person I think that's interested is Rudy Gay, if I'm being honest. He's a player who can give you buckets. He plays good team defense. He's not the worst one-on-one defender. And the best thing also, he gets off the books at the end of the year. So players like that, like, they don't need to go for a big name like Victor Oladipo. Mm-hmm. He's a good player and all. I mean, if the, if, if it's like an Andre Drummond level package, where after I saw him, like a bag of chips and like a Kool-Aid or something like that, then it's worth it. But other than that, no need to go for big names. It's just players who's going to help you right now. Nothing big. Because you get a Rudy Gay, what is second round pick and like a Kevin Knox? Well, it's like a good question, man. Pre- appreciate the call. Al, Al, what are you thinking of Rudy Gay? You know what's really funny? When we were – when I, I did like a little bit of you know parsing through the the questions that came in on Twitter to make sure I wouldn't be like totally caught off guard mm-hmm. on any of these mm-hmm. before we started, and I, you know one of the questions is like who are some guys you would want to go after potentially in free agency, and Gay was one of the guys I wrote down. Mm. Um, if you can get him through trade, maybe go for it. But you know I he is an unrestricted free agent this summer. I definitely think he's a guy I'd go after. Like in his late career, I don't know if. I mean, I definitely was doing this for a little bit. I was still associating, like, his early career with him where he was just kind of an inefficient volume scorer and, you know, didn't really have a, a just a very appealing game to help a team win. Uh, you know, he was great at putting up individual stats, but that was about it. Yeah. He's really evolved, man. Like, it, some of the on-off numbers for him with San Antonio are staggering. Like, mm-hmm. I was I was pretty convinced that the Knicks were going to beat them the other week just because Rudy Gay wasn't playing. Because literally when he's out there, he affects... Thought we had a chance. Thought we had a good chance. Yeah, like he affects winning so much for them. Um, I think he's just really settled in like in his his latter years of just being like... A, he's got that like old man strength now. So Mm -hmm. like he plays a very sturdy four man now um, and can hold his own down on defense. But then for two, like he's a a solid three-point shooter now. Yeah. he just kind of does a little bit of everything. I don't know. I like him. I, yeah. I don't know that I would necessarily go so far as to say I'd be lining up to give up, like, any assets right, for right, him, even right. if it's just Knox. Yeah. Just because I think you could just get him for money this offseason if you really want to. Yeah. Um, one of the veteran pieces. Definitely a guy I like. A, a good good potential backup for Julius Randle. Um, although, again, that, that throws some OB, you know, ponderings yeah. in there as to how that would affect things. Because he's, he's definitely a four at this point. He's not really a three anymore. He's right. too slow for that. So. True, true story. Um, yeah. Two more calls before we wrap up. Angel from Philly. Angel, what's going on, bro? Hey, CP. What's going on, brother? How you doing? Good, bro. How you doing? I'm doing good. Hey, Alex. What's going on, brother? Mm-hmm. Um, Yo. So, um, you said something earlier about, um, you know, should we extend Scott Perry? I think we should because, you know, a couple years ago, you know, we didn't have cap space. We didn't have draft capital. And, um, you know, he definitely, you know, changed that around. You know, obviously it took time. So I think we should just stay the course with him. Mm-hmm. But um, as far as, like, you know, the trade, it just kind of looks like 
we're really not going to um, make any serious moves. So I think we should be patient and maybe just add some shooting. And um, obviously, you know, when it comes to free agency, you know, before we even worry about that, you know, we got to make the playoffs, bro, because ain't nobody going to come to New York and we're missing the playoffs. You know, we had to learn that the hard way a couple of years ago when we were 17 and 65, you know, dreaming that we was going to get Kevin Durant. So we got to show that, you know, if you come to New York, that, you know, you're not going to be alone because obviously we got one all-star. And if we could build around RJ and the young core that we do have, you know, maybe if we make the playoffs, then it'll be realistic for those star players to come to New York. Mm -hmm. But until we make that leap, you know, we just got to stay patient, you know. And I think my last point when it comes to um, the schedule, I really think we should start Derrick Rose because this team is just different when we have a scoring point guard who can obviously, you know, make the players better. You know, when you look at the schedule, you know, Peyton ain't going to get the job done against these teams we're getting ready to play. So, you know, I just think that, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if we can start. We should start Rose or he's just going to be stubborn and stick to the same rotation. But, uh, CP, thanks for that hat, man. I, I got it. It's definitely Fresh, fire. Bro. So I just want to show you love from Philly. And uh, thanks for taking my call, bro. Appreciate it. Fresh, bro. Appreciate it, Angel. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, I'd like to see Rose get elevated into that starting lineup. I just like the dynamic he brings, man. Just just being a threat to score. I liked how him and Randall were cooking. I like how him and RJ were coming together. Uh, let me let me hang up on that phone. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to see Rose in there. It just depends on you know how much minutes you know how many minutes are they going to give him. Maybe Tibbs would rather see him finishing. So maybe and and again the the chemistry that him and IQ have, uh, it could end up very well end up being the same. Al, what do you think? Yeah, he. Uh, I think he. The biggest thing is Rose pushes the pace. Mm-hmm. Right when he's exactly. out there, Elf exactly. doesn't do that. Like exactly. Elf always wants to get the ball, bring it up, and get into a half court set. But the thing is, like his his version of a half court set isn't even that compelling. You know, yeah. it's like it's your me driving are, to the hoop. <laughs> yeah, you could get to the like Elf in theory should want to push all the time because yeah. his game is perfect for that. Yeah, um, that's like the one thing he should succeed at is just like run, 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 and mm-hmm. get layups, you know, on the other end and try to draw contact. And the few times we see him do that, it works. But Rose, yeah, for sure. Like, you know, he's uh, – I think that he's uh, definitely a better fit for the starting lineup now that it creates some questions about the, the backups Defense. because then yeah. do you move Elf to the to the bench? And I, I feel like that doesn't benefit quickly. No. Um, no. And doesn't really benefit any of the guys there. It doesn't benefit no. Toppin no. because he's not a great – you know, so passer, like a lot passer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't really benefit Burks because, I, well, I guess maybe it's fine for Burks. I don't know. If he succeeds with Bullock, he could probably succeed with Burks. But it doesn't really work for Noel either, as we've seen recently. You know, mm-hmm. ideally Noel's your backup. And, you know, Noel needs picture-perfect lobs that are basically in the hoop already. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and that's not really Elf's forte. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's, it, it's like – you know, you solve one problem to create another problem Facts. by moving him. And, you know, I, I hate to – I don't, I don't like seconds. to always sound like a like a hater on him, you know what mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. like on Elf, but it's just kind of the reality. He doesn't, he doesn't provide anything other than the drives. Like we see yeah. four possessions per game probably where he ends up in the corner all alone. And he's just like, and, oh. <laughs> and when he gets past the ball and no matter what, the, it's bad. He's you just know, like, oh, this is no good. He's either going to drive in and run into traffic because they're packing the paint on him, 
or he's going to shoot it, which is basically a turnover. Like, I'm sorry. Like, when he shoots a corner three, it's basically a turnover. seconds. It's, it's just not good. So. Yeah. I, I agreed, yeah. man. Agreed. Let, let's wrap this up with uh, the man himself, Ron Cleveland, in the building. Ron, how you doing, bro? Man, man, he's man. Back. What's he's going back. on, <laughs> What's good, Ron? How you feeling, bro? Mr. Wolf, I should call I should I should call you the teen wolf, you heard me? <laughs> hey, man. Hey, you know what's going on. It's all about it's all about these knickerbockers, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? We fifth in the east. You know this thing this thing is, is set up beautifully. Scott Perry, there's no question you keep the guy. I mean the guy did like like the other caller said, he cleaned the cap. He got this thing right. He kept us from having that bad contract called KP. We would have had a bad one right now, CP. Ten seconds. It would have been shades of Houston. It would have been shades of Eddie Curry. Just bad, a bad deal. Yeah. Hey, shout out to Scott Perry. Now, my thing is when I look at the front office, I'm telling you the way this team is set up right now, this thing is set up, ladies and gentlemen, for us to be good, sustainable winning for the next, in years if they don't mess this thing up. You know what I mean? If they make the right move, because you got draft picks, you got young players on on rookie deals that's going to send Julius Randle 26 years old, you let this thing cook. In my opinion, you let this thing cook. If you do any kind of trade, you do minimal trade, you go find you go find us, find us a small forward because that small forward position is our biggest Achilles heel. Because you got three guys yes. in that small forward position that I, I call the three Houdini amigos. You don't know <laughs> when they're going. They'll pull a disappearing act in a minute with Mr. Alex Burke and Mr. R&B. And I ain't talking about no rhythm and blues. I'm talking <laughs> Reggie Fuller. And I'm talking about Kevin Knox who can't get off the pine. So them three guys give us actually nothing. So when I think about it, you, you stay the course, and, and I would be a proponent, I'm telling you right now, who would be an absolute perfect piece for this team. Only thing about this guy name I'm going to call is the timeline with his contract because I want to go big game hunting at the end of the season and go out and get that claw, man, try to get him to bring him here. You yeah. know what I mean? But Harrison Bonds would be a perfect fit for this team. Harrison Bonds is only 28 years of age, and the guy – is actually scoring about 16, 17 points a game, six rebounds, and about six assists. Somewhere in there, shooting like 40% from three and over 80 from from the free throw line. He would be a perfect fit, and his contract every year, it actually de-escalates. It doesn't increase. He would be a perfect timeline. And go get JaVale McGee. Go get JaVale Mm -hmm. McGee. We need a big-body center because them guys are lightweight. We don't have no big-body center. And Taj, is, like I said the other night, is a good player. But still, man, we got to make the move. And I'm gonna, just the last thing I got to say, CP, that article coming out talking about the Knicks this and the Knicks that in the post, I ain't even feeding into that, man, because right now we got a good thing going. I ain't into no negative energy. I don't want, I don't want us looking at nobody. Because that, that article will have you looking at people's side eyes. You know what I mean? We don't need that, man. This thing is running in the right direction. Let's Stay focused, man. And go knock down them bucks tomorrow night, and I'm out, man. Appreciate y'all have a good evening, man. Appreciate it, Rob. Appreciate it, man. Good call. Good to hear from you as always, man. Yeah, Rod, Rod had said that um, that JaVale McGee pickup. I looked at it as uh, as, as an insurance, you know, just in case uh, Mitch doesn't come back. 
you know, not knowing what his timetable is. But I think they said in, in today, Tibbs said he wasn't scrimmaging, but he's, his conditioning is all, is all right, or he's running conditioning drills or something. Yeah, I mean, we're time flies. We're already coming up on the four-week timetable. Yeah. You know, so it's four to six weeks. So within the next, I don't know, 16, 17 days, we should see Mitch again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I yeah, I'm not rushing to get a, another center. I don't know about – I mean, to, to the point there, you're saying – you know, you need JaVale McGee because Mitch and Noel aren't big enough. I, I think Mitch and Noel have done a perfectly good job on the inside. Noel's done well. Noel's done very you know, well. You know, but he's another they, guy. They, he's just so real thin, man. You just don't know from an injury standpoint. You, you yeah, they're not the best rebounders, I'll say. Policy. Yeah. But Randall picks up the slack there a lot. So, yeah, but, yeah, uh, you know, sure. and RJ's a good rebounder for his position and stuff like that. So I'm not, you know, I, I'm not too worried about those two and about trying to go get you know, other help other than what we already have on the roster for yeah. center. But, um, yeah, I don't know. That's just my thoughts on the McGee thing. That was the one that stood out to me in that, that little rant. There. I was like, oh, <laughs> McGee. Right. Of all guys, why is that the guy? <laughs> I hear it. I hear it, man. Uh, well, great show. Great show, my guy. Got glad to have you back on the show. Go ahead and sign out, man. Let them know where they can find you, bro. Yeah, you can uh, you can check me out on Twitter at the Alex Wolf. Uh, you can check out the Strickland, my uh, my blog answer to Knicks fan TV by the fans for the fans by the fans for the fans you know try and do our own thing uh, at the Strickland on Twitter the Strick.land uh, in your web browser check out Locked on Knicks that's my more corporate venture <laughs> <laughs> you know at Locked on Knicks on Twitter um, or Locked on Knicks.com or wherever you get podcasts and that's it man as if that's not enough but yeah check out all those places check me out on Twitter and all that and thanks for having me back on, man. This yeah, is awesome. Of I, I missed the show. I yeah, missed uh, I missed Nick's fan TV nation. You know, absolutely, man. Always good to have you on, man. Thanks again for your time. And uh, salute to everybody in the chat once again. Hit that thumbs up button for your squad. CP Alex Wolf. Thank you to Ian Begley for coming through. Continue the conversation, man. You know we have our our, our Discord chat. We have our Twitter group. You can always comment uh, after the show's over. Shout out to the replay gang if you guys are watching this and through, uh, during the replays as well. So there's always ways to keep in contact with us always ways to uh to connect and remember go to manscape.com www.manscape.com promo code nix for 20 percent off plus free shipping and yeah we're gonna send that custom order to kellerman man I, st- I got i got some smoke for kellerman man they tried they try to play me man after that first round ko they said they try to get skip back it was so bad al the the, the devastation after my first round ko of max kellerman on his own show they want I'm surprised to they let him come back the next day. Yeah, I'm surprised. Yeah. I'm yeah. surprised. Yeah, and I showed up, bad. and they try to pull the old foot trick on me. They try to say, oh, he's a rookie, he's an upstart, he's a novice, his connection is no good. You know, you know that was that was BS. You know that was BS, people. I got yeah, some Yeah, I, I haven't caught today's yet to see you going in on him the second time but I'm sure it was at a hot moment yeah. and then he just decided eh, he's, he's it was going, going off camera yeah. like, yeah. like cut it off cut he it knew off. I was coming for man that's <laughs> it um, real quick Knicks versus Bucks tomorrow Knicks beat the Bucks embarrassed them 130 to 110 at MSG man uh, what, what do you what do you what's a key to this game tomorrow night in Milwaukee tough game just uh, staying focused I would say you know don't let the I'm sure that they've been reading all the praise for the last week and change. Yeah. 
you know, since they ended the break over 500. Uh, basically, just don't let it get to your head, you know. Like, I think this this Knicks team is good, man. Like, they're if they're not, you know, they're not a contender, but they're fun and they try and they, you know, kick ass a lot of nights. And I think they they got some of that more in in for the the second half of the season. Yeah. Winning over the Bucks would be a good way to start, but Definitely. I haven't looked at the Bucks injury report yet. I assume that they're probably pretty healthy after the All Star break, so you know you might be running into a juggernaut there. But this is a good opportunity to show, like, hey, we we belong, we deserve to hang here, you know, and, and be a playoff team this year. So good opportunity. I don't know, just stay focused. Yeah. It, it's tough to say though what the result's going to be. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. I think just the one thing I want to watch is is, is the three points uh, three pointers made in percentage. You know, the Bucks obviously mm-hmm. one of the top ten. And three point makes they came in in that into that game or left the garden that night seven to thirty eight from downtown eighteen percent so they're gonna test yeah. that next three point defense next three point defense number one in the league right now in terms of uh, percentage this is so, another another good test for those people that say the clock is ticking you know the Knicks are gonna regress to the mean the yeah. three point defense isn't gonna be this good for the whole year blah blah blah. Well, all right, here you go. First test out of here the all-star break. Here we you go. Know, First go test. First test. Yeah. And you guys know where to catch us after that. Knicks post-game live. Number one show for the fans by the fans. See you guys tomorrow, man. Al, great show. So to all the mods. Thanks for everybody for tuning in. We out of here. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.